0: saturdays all right for writing that is writing information about land use transportation economic development elections and more this is charlottesville community engagement a newsletter and podcast intended to let you know about a few things you didn't know before and intended to keep an eye on a great deal of things i'm your host sean tubbs exploring and exploiting my curiosity hopefully for your benefit but please no fighting in today's newsletter, the first campaign finance report is in for the race for the 55th House District, even if it is still unclear when the election will be held. Charlottesville planning commissioners seek action on safer streets in advance of the school year. A former Charlottesville school superintendent becomes Governor Yunkin's permanent chief diversity officer. There's one day left to fill out the latest questionnaire on Albemarle County's growth management policy, and the head of the area's Aging Services Agency is elected to lead a statewide group. In today's house-fueled public service announcement, the Albemarle Charlottesville Historical Society wants you to know about an exhibit at the Center at Belvedere, featuring portraits of several historical figures active in the Charlottesville area in the 1970s and 1980s. Frances Brand was a folk artist who painted nearly 150 portraits of what she considered firsts, including first black Charlottesville mayor, Charles Barber and Nancy O'Brien, the first woman to be Charlottesville mayor. Brand's work will be on display through August 31st in the first public exhibit of the work in quite a while. And if you'd like to help conduct community research into who some of the portraits are, Sevilpedia is looking for volunteers I will be leading three more Sevilpedia 101 training sessions at the Center, July 18th at 2 p.m. Sign up at the Center's website for more and mark it on your calendar, July 25th and August 1st. Join me and learn about Sevilpedia and Francis Brand. There is still a possibility that Virginia will have an election this year for the 100 seat House of Delegates. A second federal lawsuit, arguing that legislators elected last November are in unconstitutional seats, still awaits a final ruling, and November 8th is 115 days away from today. That makes yesterday's deadline for active candidates for the House of Delegates that much more compelling. There are currently three people seeking the Democratic nomination in the new 55th District, which includes most of Albemarle County's geography, as well as Northeast Nelson County and Western Louisa County. The Virginia Public Access Project has pulled together all of the filings, and former Charlottesville School Board member Amy Lawfer outraised her opponents with a total of $61,731, all raised in June. 57 donors contributed more than $100 to Lawfer, requiring their identification. That includes a transfer of $7,327 from Lawfer's previous campaign for the Virginia Senate. There is one $10,000 gift from Hunter Bourne and a pair of $5,000 gifts from Clean Virginia and the Morrill Family Investment. There were 68 contributions below the $100 limit. Emergency room nurse Kellen Squire raised $41,531 from March 8th to June 30th. 34 contributions were in excess of $100, with 406 below that threshold. There is one $20,000 contribution from Kay Ferguson. Albemarle County Supervisor Donna Price raised $11,798, with 10 contributions above the $100 threshold and 30 below. Republican Rob Bell is the presumptive incumbent, currently representing the former 58th District. Bell began the year with a balance of $76,253 and has raised $5,250 so far this year. More on the status of the lawsuit in the next installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. As mentioned in the last program, A survey is about to close for Albemarle County's growth management system. The county is in the midst of updating their comprehensive plan, and this is the second questionnaire. Here's more from a video produced by the Office of Communications and Public Engagement, or CAPE.
1: New development proposals that require a change in zoning or rezoning are evaluated based on recommendations in the comprehensive plan, including the growth management policy. As part of growth management, the Albemarle County Service Authority establishes a jurisdictional area where public water and sewer will be provided. This jurisdictional area mainly corresponds with the development areas.
0: If you're interested in hearing more about this topic, the Albemarle CAPE has posted the latest episode of their Let's Talk Albemarle podcast. The guest is Rachel Falconstein, a manager in the Community Development Department who oversees long-range planning. Usually we look out 20 years, and that number comes actually from the state of Virginia. They require localities to have a comprehensive plan that plans for 20 years out into the future. So we use that on most of our planning documents. As of Friday afternoon, 270 people had taken the survey, according to CAPE director Emily Kilroy. The Albemarle Planning Commission will have a work session on the comprehensive plan on July 26th. To catch up on previous stories on land use issues in Albemarle, check out Information Charlottesville through a link in the newsletter. And if you're in the mood to fill out another survey, the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission wants your input on the Regional Transit Vision Plan. To catch up on all kinds of transit-related stories, check out Information Charlottesville through a link in the newsletter. Governor Glenn Youngkin has appointed former Charlottesville Superintendent Rosa Atkins to serve as Virginia's Chief Diversity, Opportunity, and Inclusion Officer. Atkins has been serving in the position on an interim basis following the departure of his first appointee, Angela Saylor. According to the Richmond Times-Dispatch, Saylor left in April for a family matter. Atkins served as Charlottesville superintendent for 15 years before retiring. Earlier this year, former Governor Ralph Northam appointed her to serve as the acting superintendent of public instruction for the Virginia Department of Education. In the Northam administration, Atkins' new position was known as the Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer. But Youngkin changed the name in Executive Order No. 10 when he appointed sailor. That order reads, We must strengthen and focus the Office of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion by including in its mission the promotion of entrepreneurship and economic opportunity for all Virginians, including Virginians with disabilities, as well as the promotion of free speech and civil discourse. In other appointments of note, a University of Virginia official has been named to the Virginia Economic Development Partnership. Pace Lockty is the Assistant Vice President for Economic Development. Yunkin also appointed Rob Rutherford of Nelson County to the Virginia Manufactured Housing Board. Rutherford is a manager with Pro Tech Builder, a maker of modular homes. The chief executive officer of the area's Aging Services Association has been elected as president of the state entity that represents all 24 such agencies across the Commonwealth. Marta Keene of Java will begin a two-year term as president of the Virginia Association of Area Agencies on Aging, or V4A. Keene has been CEO of Java since 2013. According to a release during that time, she's helped form the Charlottesville Area Alliance as an umbrella organization for various entities that work with senior services in the community. Keene is quoted in the news release as saying that during the next two years, she hopes to continue her efforts with demographic services to better identify areas that have unmet needs, work with networks to identify new ways to meet those needs, and identify new funding sources to allow growth and sustaining of critical services. JABA was formed in 1975 as the Jefferson Area Board for Aging. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it's time for two quick shout-outs. One Patreon supporter wants you to go out and read a local news story written by a local journalist. Whether that be The Daily Progress, Charlottesville Tomorrow, Seaville Weekly, NBC 29, CBS 19, The Crozet Gazette, WINA, or some other place I've not mentioned, the community depends on a network of people writing about the community. Go learn about this place today. And the other one, Code for Charlottesville is seeking volunteers with tech, data, design, and research skills to work on community service projects. Founded in September of 2019, Code for Charlottesville has worked on projects with the Legal Aid Justice Center, the Charlottesville Fire Department, and the Charlottesville Office of Human Rights. Visit code to learn about those projects and volunteer. As of today, there are 39 days left until the first day of school in the city of Charlottesville. Yesterday, the school system held a transportation talk and walk session to discuss a recent alert from Superintendent Royal Gurley that the bus driver shortage has worsened and that walk zones will be expanded. This past Tuesday, the City Planning Commission was briefed on a request from one of its members that city government take steps to make routes to school safer. They got an update from Missy Creasy, Charlottesville's assistant director of Neighborhood Development Services. The city um, has a, a pretty robust program that they're putting together to address um, how how they're addressing the, um, the shortage at this point in time, um, and some pretty innovative things on there. These include encouraging older students to take Charlottesville area transit routes, hiring more crossing guards or finding more volunteers, and buying smaller buses that don't require drivers to have commercial licenses. NDS Director James Fries said the shortage provides an opportunity to apply goals of the recently adopted comprehensive plan to a real-life problem.
1: Wrapped up in this challenge is, is an opportunity to explore those options. The flip side of that is It's a little early for us right now um, and that we are in the process of building out a transportation planning program.
0: In May, Council was briefed by Deputy City Manager Sam Sanders on a series of problems with how the city has run its transportation planning program. For instance, transportation planners have had too high of a workload and the city has been unable to move some projects forward. There's also a vacancy in the position of bike pedestrian coordinator after the last person left the job at the end of 2021 to work for a consultant.
1: We, we expect that position to post very soon um, and, uh, and see that position as really being able to take a lead role in ex- doing exactly this type of work, and that is uh, uh, coming up with innovative, low-cost, and quick ways of um, improving pedestrian, particularly children's safety, in, in the neighborhoods around our schools.
0: Creasy said that the traffic engineer and the Safe Routes to School coordinator no longer work in NDS. Instead, they work for the Public Works Department, a decision made by former city manager Teron Richardson. Creasy said NDS does coordinate with Public Works, but more people are needed to implement what's in the comprehensive plan. We do have, you know, really good support for continuing to move forward in in this direction. We have tools in place where we just need to fill them with humans so that we can uh, keep the work going. Creasy said she is aware of grassroots efforts to make things better, but coordination with the city is needed. Fries said that one remedy would be to paint bump outs at curbs to provide more space for people.
1: It's a significant safety improvement, and you can do that with paint and potentially flex posts. Um, But even to do just that, you have to pull together some, uh, you do do need to do some engineering design, you need to coordinate with the public works uh, streets folks.
0: Fries said there's a possibility of maybe having something done within six weeks, but he cautioned that it will be hard to do that in that time frame.
1: I think, A, the school department's plans are actually really good. I think they have some good solutions in place, and B, I think we can build towards that and start uh, contributing towards the safety improvements they need to make as, as we go forward.
0: Commissioner Rory Stolzenberg said he supported the idea of an official letter to city council, but also said funding needed to be in place to implement the solutions. And is
1: it safe to assume that uh, there isn't within the currently allocated budget enough money uh, to really, you know, address the things that these staff uh, would potentially want to address um, or potentially to hire, you know, outside
0: uh, traffic engineers to take some of the load off our in-house resources? Fries said he would need to have a scope of work before answering that question.
1: I mean, we don't have an identified line item for that right now. Um, So we would be cobbling together money from other sources.
0: Stolzenberg said he would like the Planning Commission to recommend identifying money in the current fiscal year so incremental improvements can be made throughout the school year. He pointed out that council voted in late June to purchase property for parking.
1: Uh, council just spent $1.65 million uh, on a parking lot with 40 spaces. Um, it, it seems to me that uh, we could find money uh, within the currently
0: allocated CIP Um That could be reallocated uh, to make
1: sure that kids don't get run over by cars on their way to school.
0: Stolzenberg also asked if the city has explored the ability to install cameras in school zones to capture people who speed. Fries and Creasy said they did not know if the city has done that research. The commission agreed to send a letter to city council seeking support for this work. Stolzenberg said he would draft that document. The discussion took place just before the commission's joint public hearing with city council. Vice Mayor Juan Diego Wade said he heard the message. doesn't have to, to be, you know, a war and peace type of document. So we, we <laughs> understand the issues and we're hearing a lot from the citizens now. Two more talk and walk sessions are scheduled for later this month. Do you have a specific concern? Drop me a line and I'd like to hear about it maybe for a future installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. But that's it for this Saturday's special edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement for July 16th, 2022. Thank you so much for listening. Just want to say that the music in this program, most of it comes from the entity known as Veraki. This is my telling you that there is an album uh, that's available on Bandcamp called Respect Everything. Go take a listen. Also, if you would like to support this program, and I certainly hope that you will, uh, the company Ting will match your first initial subscription through Substack. In case you missed it, there was a special article yesterday for paid subscribers. There was something that really didn't fit into the newsletter, I covered a court hearing, and I wrote about it, and of course that went behind the paywall, which I'm really sorry to do, but of course I do have to make a living at this, and I do hope that uh, more people will sign up. And of course Ting hopes that too because they love to pay me, they love to support community journalism and I am community journalism that they support. I am Sean Tubbs, the host of this program. The next thing that you will hear from me is not even something you'll hear. There will be the government glance, which is the look at the 5th district, uh, localities in the 5th district and what's happening at their top meetings. And then the week ahead, these will come out tomorrow, followed by another edition of Charlottesville community engagement. I always love it when the next one is partially written before I even finish this one. This is all a work of Town Crier Productions, a company I'm putting together to try to get as much community journalism out there as I can. If you know somebody who's interested in learning more about how this community works or how it doesn't work, please send this on to somebody else. Let's grow the audience so I can continue to help keep an eye on this place, hopefully for your benefit. My name is Sean Tubbs, this is Charlottesville Community Engagement, and this is me saying goodbye.